You're listening to the Sunday Session Podcast with Francesca Rudkin from Newstalk ZB. Time now for the panel here on the Sunday Session. And this morning, I am joined by commentator and TV producer Irene Gardner. Good morning, Irene. Kia ora, good morning. And I'm also joined by former Deputy Prime Minister and host of the Ask Me Anything podcast, Paula Bennett. How are you, Paula? Good morning. I'm really good, thank you, on this sunny day. Oh, isn't it good? Now, this morning, the government announced its choice for second Auckland Harbour Crossing. Um, It's going to include two three-lane tunnels for vehicles, a 21-kilometre light rail tunnel between Albany and the CBD, and this plan's going to take decades, obviously, to complete. It's going to cost tens of billions of dollars. We're still waiting for the the details on this. Waka Waka Kotahi had five options on the table, and they have picked the most ambitious of those. Irene, are you excited that they've picked the most ambitious In a way, I mean, you know, no guts, no glory. Um, I mean, as I think you said earlier on the programme, I mean, we've been talking about this for decades. And so if we are going to finally address it and get a tunnel, a bridge, cars, trains, feet, bicycles, help the economy, help Auckland business, help tourism. I mean, you know, why not go big? I like the sound of it. But, I mean, you know, the, the political and financial reality of it, uh, Paula's probably better to answer that one than me. Yeah, I, I wonder, Paula, whether they've gone big, but they might go home. Yeah, well, you know, we'll find out that in October. But I like it. I mean, I'm just, let's get on with it. It's never going to be cheaper. It is going to be super expensive. It's going to take a long time. I know nothing, but I always kind of like the tunnel idea when you see what happens overseas, even you look between the, you know, the UK and France and how you do that. And it's just like, um, we've got to have a plan for the city, right? It's a plan for the country. And I just think we've all got to get on with it. And, you know, yes, it's ambitious, but anything we do is going to be, it you know, is, when it comes to... It needs to be future-proof too, doesn't it, Paula? There's no point doing something which in 20 years' time we all scratch our heads and go, mm, well, that's sort of had its, you know, past its use-by date already. You point out it's probably going to take about 10 years plus. <laughs> and so by the time it got done, if you went too small, you've kind of uh, already, you know, you've already passed it. So at some level it's got to be ambitious and we've got to think, you know, what's best for the city in 20, 30 years' time and... Yeah, good on them and let's get on with it, really. And Irene, it's a bit of a difficult time to be releasing this plan now, of course, just a few months out from an election. But would you like to see some cross-party support for this? I mean, it's going to have to have that, isn't it? It's going to have to have, you know, I mean, this is going to take years. So it's going to have to have many governments across it, many mayors and city councils across it. And, you know, if we're going to do it, we have to just go, we're going to do it. Yes, it's ambitious. I mean, inevitably there will be problems, there will be budget blowouts, but you know what big thing isn't, and if we make that mean we never do it, then we'll never do it. Um, I am sort of laughing to myself though, because I'm terribly excited about the thought that you could be able to walk across the bridge because I'm a keen walker, but of course that may not be till I'm about 90. So Paula, Paula, <laughs> hypothetically, hypothetically, if you were Mayor of Auckland, who would, you be, who would be paying for this? I, it's going to be a combination, but it's got to be central government. I mean, it's just such a massive project that that's you know that you just can't expect ratepayers to be sort of coming up with it, and it does affect the whole country. And you know, in my opinion, you'd sort of see I'd certainly see it like that. And but I was just even as I was talking, I was just thinking, God, look at Waterview. You know, we would have thought that was a massive project, and it was. 
but it got the whole city moving and gave choices for people travelling around. And, uh, you know, so we, we've just got to get going. And I, I do think, though, it's a massive central government, hence why the government themselves are uh, announcing it. Irene, talking about spending money, uh, this week Alberta cancelled its bid for the 2030 Commonwealth Games. This comes after Victoria pulled out of hosting the 2026 Games just last month or so. Are the Commonwealth Games done and dusted? Or or do you think actually New Zealand should have a bit of a crack at at hosting in 2026? Well, we won't be able to afford to because we'll be busy building the tunnels. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, I think probably no, because... You know, money is tight. But that's the problem. Money's tight for all countries. Money's tight for the whole world at the moment. We're coming out of a pandemic that nearly ruined us all and we're dealing with massive changes for, you know, climate change. Um, I wonder, and I would not claim to be an expert on this, I wonder if there might be a way to do it completely differently where you use more than one country for a gate. You know, the, the bigger Commonwealth countries that have existing stadiums and, you know, Canada has some sports, New Zealand has some, Australia has some, whoever, wherever. And maybe we could do it completely differently. But um, I'm not on the Commonwealth Games Committee and I'm not an expert in this area. No, but I think you are right, Irene. I don't think it can carry on quite the way it can. If no one can afford to, to, to hold them, then they're going to have to adapt and change, surely. I mean, Paula, we're all a bit sentimental about the Commonwealth Games because they've, I, I know you love sport, uh, because uh, they've just been part of our lives. And, and when it comes on, we all enjoy it so much. But actually, maybe it is time that we have to do things differently if, if no one can actually afford to host it. Yeah, and Irene's right. Do something different. And I was thinking, why aren't we going back to the companies that uh, countries that have done it previously? And so they've got the infrastructure, and it wouldn't be such a big expense. And I kind of think you can do it either country by country, or you can um, take a particular sport at a particular time, so you haven't got that massive people. And I'm like you, though. I feel a bit sentimental. I was thinking it would be such a shame if it wasn't happening at all. Because we do enjoy it so much and we just see some extraordinary things come out of it and we are a sporting nation Mm. and so I'd like to see us sort of continuing something. I think for New Zealand it's a nice to have, not a need to have at the moment, isn't it? It's not something we can afford and it's not something that we can do in this country but, um, you know, I do think that there's something to think about how it can be done differently. Irene Nielsen has a new book out and in it he he talks about a quote that he made in 1981 saying New Zealand isn't a good place for anyone with ambition. That's when he was, was, talk, was asked about sort of leaving the country and things and, and he was actually, he's right. Uh, I'm just wondering, you know, we're hearing about so many other people sort of leaving our shores at the moment. Has anything changed? I think it has. I think it has changed and, you know, I mean, I think you can tell that at the time that Neil made that, comment. It was slightly mischievous I think. I think he was being slightly cheeky but at that time he was right certainly in terms of the music world that they were in, that they had to go abroad to have the success they they did. They couldn't do that from here but I do think in music that's changed because I mean look at people like Lord, Benny, um, Bickrung and others, you know, who are living in New Zealand as their primary base and having quite significant international careers and of course the irony of Neil having made that statement is, you know, where have both he and Tim fetched up to to live in this later part of their life? They're both living here. Um, But there is a point, I think, with New Zealand that I don't like and think is slightly unfortunate, which is I think we really encourage people, our creatives, our sports people, up until a certain point. And then when they get mega successful, we've got a slight tendency to turn on them. And I don't like that. 
Paula, do you think it's a good place? New Zealand's a good place to be ambitious. I, I like what Irene was saying about them. You know, they, they, we seem to end up living here um, because we love the country so much. And you can, I mean, I was just thinking about the Mowbrays and you know their success with Zuru. Where, you know, they're all in New Zealand and wanting to raise families, and this is where our kids are. But man, we do still have the tall poppy syndrome. You know, we do still make it difficult. And we, we like to pull people down often instead of lifting them up. And we should be celebrating the kind of successes that we see. So, you know, I, I, I agree with the music. I think it's quite different now. And I think you can travel around so much easier. And I just think when you think about tech, you don't have to, you know, you can live where you choose to. Um, but we do have a bit of a psyche in this country where we knock people around a little bit too much, I think. Hey, look, I'm just going to throw this at you. It's just been announced that the Green Party wants to make dental care free for everyone. They want to fix New Zealand's broken and cruel dental care system by using a wealth tax to make dental care free for everyone. I think, Paula, we would agree that we absolutely need more access to dental care in the country. Do you think this is the answer? Oh, look, you know, you've just got to have sympathy when you see... You know, children, young people, you know, older people that just can't afford it. And it is, it's one of those massive expenses. Um, but a wealth tax isn't going to do it. You know, and I'm speaking off the top of my head because I'm seeing the announcement. You know, it is one of those things that we'd all agree. It's a bit like GST on food. You go, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But once you start really digging into the expense, what that would mean and how it would be rolled out, I think it's going to get incredibly expensive and complicated. Should we be thinking about the dental care system, Irene? There's so many other things in the health system to think about, from GP waiting lists to surgery waiting lists to ED times. Sometimes we forget a bit about the dental system, don't we? It, it is a big one, though. Dentistry is incredibly expensive. And even for like me, who is lucky enough to afford it, I do wince. And I think about people living on really tight budgets who basically just have to let their teeth fall out or whatever. And so I wonder if you could actually help those folks. You might be saving money in terms of the health cost of them longer term but the trouble with doing anything universal is that people who don't need it to be paid for then get it paid for so I don't know how you work it out the best way but I kind of like the idea of it Thank you both so much this morning for joining us on the panel that was Irene Gardner and also Paula, Paula Bennett For more from the Sunday session with Francesca Rudkin, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am Sunday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. <sighs> and when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, a, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.